Hey there, my fellow intellectuals. Welcome back to Highly Variable. I'm your host, Kyle Cabasadas, and I just wanted to wish you guys a happy holiday season and a Merry Christmas if you celebrated it. We're a few days after Christmas now, but I thought I'd make an episode and just sort of reflect upon this year, maybe the holiday, and even just this decade in general, because 2020 is coming up, and I'll just go off on random tangents about stuff like that. But first things first, I guess we'll talk about Christmas. Christmas was very solid this year. I had a really enjoyable Christmas with my family. I helped set up the dinner uh, dinner table and uh, clean up the, the mess that was left after the dinner at my parents' house. So that was pretty exhausting. I uh, had to start preparing like around 3, well, before 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And miraculously, we got done like at 8.30 p.m., I think, because most people had to leave early. So overall, a solid Christmas dinner, got a lot of gifts, gave a lot of gifts, and overall very satisfied with how it turned out. I just was kind of dreading it because I was just expecting to be physically tired, which I was, but, you know, it's for a good cause. It's for my family, and I had a good time. And, you know, I hope you guys did too with your respective families. So that was that. I'm not going to go into too much detail with that. I, I really didn't get a variety of gifts too much because I, you know, I'm a broke grad student. I just kind of wanted money and well, my family obliged and just gave me money for my Christmas present, which I'm more than happy to, to receive as a graduate student struggling with just a, a stipend to support himself. So, uh, thank you family for the money. And, um, I think this episode is going to be a lot of reflection. And why is it going to be reflecting? Or reflect... Yeah, reflecting, I guess. Well, I mean, 2020 is upon us, right? The decade is about to come to an end, and I think it would be cool to sort of sort of talk about things that happened to me in this decade. But to be honest, to tell this story, I'd need about, you know, a decade to do it, because, you know, I, mean, I could just go on and on and on and on. And instead of taking a decade, I think I'll just take you know, less than 20 minutes to tell stuff, which will be a challenge, but I will, I will do my best. So major achievements for myself in the decade, uh, include graduating high school, uh, in 2013. I, um, graduated as an honor student, I believe, right? I was on the honor roll. I have some awards over there on the wall. I'm looking at them right now. I don't really want to bring them over here, but, um, I'm just looking at them. What did I do? It's like, what did I do again? Um, oh, I got a chemistry award. It says chemistry award, Kyle Cabasatis, 2013. So yeah, so I got a chemistry award. How did that happen? Uh, I took AP chemistry my junior year of high school. I was only one of uh, two students my year who took uh, AP chemistry that year. So it was me. Uh, it was another student in my year who was a girl. And then everyone else was in the year above us who were seniors. So I was uh, one of two juniors taking AP chemistry that year. And to be honest, I don't think I did that well. If I look back on the class, like, I don't think I did amazing. Um, I did take the AP test at the end of that year. And AP Chem, I got a three on, which is miraculous if you think about it. Because if you look at my tests and my quizzes and my homeworks, I don't think I did great on, like, the, the, the tests and the quizzes. Um, and I don't think I was super well prepared for the AP test. I mean, I studied for sure, but I was still at this point where I didn't really know how to study that well, especially for chemistry. There was just some things in chemistry that didn't really make a ton of sense, like enthalpy, entropy, 
um, all these different weird concepts. Like uh, there was there was something where we had to use like Newton's method to figure out I think concentration rates or or something like that. If those of you who you know major in chemistry know what I'm talking about, you probably are like oh yeah, yeah yeah I know what you're talking about. But you know back in high school that stuff was just so way over my head that. It didn't really make a lot of sense. Oh, ice tables. That's what it was. I remember ice tables. I have, it was like initial concentration and then like end or, or no, initial change and end, I guess. I don't remember. If you know what ice tables are, just comment below in chemistry. But I remember ice tables were a thing and I don't think I was good at that either. Um, but I think the, the AP test for chemistry that year, they actually just told you like what the problems were going to be on. They said like, oh, we'll have five questions. You know, questions one, two, three will feature like this subject or this topic, and then four and five will be you know this topic. So, I think I pretty much just studied those topics really hard, and somehow through the skin of my teeth, I just pulled out a three out of nowhere, which is pretty cool because three is technically a passing score. It's not a high pass, but it's still a pass technically. And um, I didn't even pass the AP Physics exam, which you know, obviously those of you who know, I'm in a physics PhD program now. I did physics uh, as my bachelor's degree, so you know. I got a two on the AP physics exam, even though I did really well in physics that year, which was weird. So it's weird how things turn out. I have a chemistry award, even though I don't do anything really, you know, hardcore chemistry anymore. Um, but that, that year actually in high school, so that must've been in 2012. That's when the Giants won their second world series of the decade when they defeated the Detroit Tigers in a sweep. That year was also special because we had come back from, Oh, we played uh, six elimination games, if I'm not mistaken, because we went down 2-0 against the Reds, and we won the last three, and then we went down 3-1 against the Cardinals, and we won the last three. So, yeah, we played six elimination games that year, and yeah, Giants won, because we're awesome, best team ever. Um, Yeah, that was a good World Series run. You know, I think one of the nice things about this decade is that the Giants will go down as a team with the most World Series wins, which is amazing because Giants are the best team ever. And anyone who disagrees, and by Giants, I mean the San Francisco Giants, not the New York Giants of the football team with Eli Manning. Um, yeah, Giants, Giants all day. Giants till I die, baby. <laughs> Anyways, um, enough of that for now because, of course, all the non-Giants fans are just going to just, you know, leave the podcast because they can't stand the supreme dominance of the, the men in orange and black. So, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, that year, 2012. That was also probably the year when I got really into uh, mathematics and physics because I think that was the first year I actually took physics in high school. Now, the thing is, is that before I uh, majored in physics in college, I actually wanted to be a historian in high school. History was like my favorite subject and I just really had a great time in my history classes in high school. I had really great history teachers. They're very inspiring. They really, I think, gave a good picture of what historical figures were like in these classes and it ran the gamut. I think I took, um, I took like Chinese history my freshman year. I took like European history my second year and then U.S. history uh, my junior and senior year, but there was different time periods. Like I think the junior history focused more on like the beginnings of America, like with like the founding fathers. And then we moved into sort of a modern history. And then I took like a 20th century 
history class, which was really cool because we got we kind of sort of uh, picked our own projects and stuff. So, yeah, it was a really fun time for history for me personally, and uh, I was really determined to be the best historian as I could possibly be, which is probably why I'm still very into history now. I really do like history still, uh, and I, I really am interested in making videos on like the history of science, but finding the time to do that and r taking the time to write scripts and doing all the research is a bit time-consuming right now, but it is a goal I have for the future. So keep that in mind. I do want to try and sort of talk about the history of science, some of the key players. Of course, there's going to be the Newtons and the Einsteins and, uh, you know, all these, you know, giants. But there are also maybe lesser-known scientists who made really big contributions as well, like, um, there, let me try to think about them, like, um, like Gauss. I mean, Gauss is a big name in math. Maybe it's not a little name, but um, maybe like Laplace. That's a name that you see if you study physics and math, but you may not know too much about. Um, maybe someone like... I don't know, Enrico Fermi. Uh, and, um, and yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of these names, but they're not coming to me all that uh, quickly. So you get the idea, though, right? It's it's just me talking about the history of these scientists and talk about who they were, what they did, you know, what, what kind of impact they had on science, and maybe talk about some of the science today that is derived from their work directly. And uh, I think that would make a really good uh, series. So yeah, uh, well, where was I before this? Right, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping all around the place, but that's kind of what we expected. But yeah, so I, the this year, 2012, right? I think that was where I was. Was the year I got really into physics and mathematics because I had two really good high school teachers, in in those subjects, and I decided to, well, it w it was sort of like a practical decision, right? I thought I sort of thought, well, there's all this talk of well, you should probably do something related to STEM. Uh, if you want to have a good career, um, just you know financially wise, uh, if you want to if you want to go to college and pursue a, a degree, so you know doing physics and math, th those two subjects sort of just changed the way I saw the world completely. And when I had left high school, I was convinced I was going to do something that that used physics and math in college. And what exactly was that going to be? Well, I thought, hey. I'm going to do engineering, which I think if I could put a laugh track, I would put a laugh track right there because n no offense to the engineers, right? Engineering is a, is a really great profession. You know, they have to bridge the gap between science and like industry and, you know, getting, um, you know, designing and developing new uh, solutions to practical problems, right? Engineering, I don't want to like, I don't really want to get into this whole physics versus engineering thing, even though I do joke about physics versus engineering a lot. Um, but I thought, I thought I wanted to be an engineer. I went to a few engineering club meetings at UC Merced, which was my uh, undergrad alma mater. And to be honest, I just, I just really wasn't interested in the same exact things as the other engineering majors. And I'm not really that great with my hands and building stuff. So that probably... Uh, should have been a sign that it wasn't going to be for me. But um, I decided after engineering to pursue physics. And um, yeah, I mean, physics took off and I had a great time. I, I It was funny. I actually had a hard time deciding what a major, uh, sorry, what a minor, what minor, sorry, I can't even speak right now, what minor I was going to pick in college. So initially, I thought I was going to be a physics major and a writing minor. 
and I took a couple of writing classes uh, at UC Merced, upper division and lower division writing classes at UC Merced, and I really enjoyed them. I had some really good writing professors that I really had a fun time uh, learning how to write from them, but invariably I would actually find myself in these writing classes sometimes bored, and when I was bored I'd be doing just math problems in my notebook, and I decided, well, okay, so... Maybe if I'm getting bored in the writing classes with math, maybe just math should be my minor. So I ended up deciding to minor in applied mathematics at UC Merced. Uh, learned a lot of really cool mathematics at UC Merced. I like saying cool, but it is cool, right? Like complex variables and analysis is cool. I took advanced ODEs and PDEs, so ordinary and, and uh, ordinary and partial differential equations. Very fascinating class. You see those all the time in physics and engineering, so you got to know how to do that. Took a theoretical linear algebra course which was enlightening, and I also took a mathematical uh, methods and a numerical analysis mathematics class. So I, I really got a flavor, flavored uh, sample of what applied mathematics was like, which is perfect if you do physics, and especially now because I do coding for uh, black hole mass measurements. Just, you know, adding more mathematics to my repertoire was, you know, invaluable, I thought, at my time at UC Merced, especially with the graduate classes at UC Irvine. So... By the time I'd come to graduate school and I had minored in math, um, I have to say the mathematics in physics graduate courses is can is scary. I'd say it can be scary, but it is scary. It's very scary. Very scary. Um, <laughs> I just realized that rhymed, but it's very scary. And if you're not ready for it, if you haven't seen it before, it can be very daunting and very intimidating, especially if you're in a place where, of course, everyone else is super into physics as well and may have already seen it before you have, and you got to play catch-up. So thankfully, I really did need to play catch-up for uh, most subjects in uh, graduate physics. So my math was decent, I'd say, to handle most of the problems that were thrown at me. Of course, the thing that always gets me were like Green's functions and um, there was a section in quantum mechanics where we were studying group theory in my second quarter of grad school. And I'd never seen group theory before and never seen group theory since, uh, even though it is a very fascinating subject to me. But there's just so many fascinating subjects that I'd love to learn, group theory being one of them. But it's just like you, you want to learn as much as you can as one subject, but you'll never become, I guess, a super-duper expert unless it becomes like your PhD thesis in the sense that some of these subjects are still well-studied fields in in and of themselves, right? Like differential equations, especially PDEs, are a whole research field in and of themselves. Um, there was another there was there was another uh, example I was trying to think of. Numerical analysis is another one of these things that are still constantly being developed today and being actively worked on in research today. So, you know, it's kind of hard to find a balance of you know when do I be, consider myself you know proficient enough in one of these subjects I want to get mastery in. Um, again, I'm totally losing track of where, where, where am I going with all this. I got my minor, um, got my uh, major in physics. I think one of the things that people don't know about is that I almost didn't go to college. Some people might that find that surprising, but I applied to, I want to say, seven or eight different colleges, and UC Merced was not one of them, and I did not get uh, into any one of the UCs I had applied to. I believe I applied to four UCs. I believe I applied to Berkeley, 
uh, I want to say Davis, Irvine, and San Diego. For some reason, I don't think I did UCLA, but I think I applied to four UCs and I didn't get into any one of them. But uh, I did get into Gonzaga, which is in uh, Washington. And they actually gave me a pretty good financial deal, but not good enough to uh, enable me to go to Gonzaga. So I was sort of in a scary position because I I didn't really know what my future was going to be like at the end of high school because I, I didn't get into uh, colleges that accepted me or I could afford at the time. But uh, UC Merced had a program known as the Count Me In program, and the stipulations of the program were that if you had finished, I believe, in like the top 9% of high school students in California and you did not get accepted into a, a UC, a University of California school, even though you had applied, then you would get a spot at UC Merced. And so for me, it was, well, they're going to give me a good financial deal. It's not too far from home. It's about two and a half hours by car. And, you know, it's a University of California school, which means a UC education is, well, they say it's the, it's the, you know, crown jewel of the public education system in the United States, probably even of the world. So I thought, yeah, I can go here. And I did. And I did that. And I got my degree. And I say that, but I did that thing. I think it's, I think it's important for one to realize, especially when you've overcome difficult times in your life that you should you should recognize and acknowledge I did this thing you know I have a degree I am qualified to do certain things supposedly and um yeah you know I, I look back at my time at UC Merced so fondly because I, I just really enjoyed the people there uh, there's a lot of people that I, I still stay in contact with uh, but there are still some people I haven't reached out to in a while and could you know, really go for a good conversation with them. So maybe I will do that. So if you're one of those people, look out. I might be messaging you soon just to catch up and reminisce a bit. But yeah, I look back at my time at UC Merced very fondly, and I, I think it was a good place for me to go to, and it set me up well for my for my future or my current place because that's where I first got into research, uh, which was in the summer of 2015 where I did condensed ma- soft condensed matter research, and uh, that's what I continued to do all up until my uh, for you know my, my senior thesis, and then that was uh, that was interrupted with a summer of twenty sixteen where I went to do my internship uh, at NASA SARP, which stands for the Student Airborne Research Program. So that was an amazing experience, absolutely phenomenal experience that. Uh, I got to fly on NASA's DC-8 on and uh, see how different samples were collected on on board the DC-8 to sample the uh, sample the atmosphere. I did a whole project that was based on pretty much studying the effects of what the California drought did with pollution, which was a huge question that I still to this day cannot believe that I undertook as a what was I 21 year old at the time such a huge question that um, overall I think I made a dent in the problem and now I'm a co-author on a paper that uh, someone in my group Angelique if you're listening has um, gone on written a paper about and is now published and that is amazing to me that 
something that I did, you know, three years ago now, that I hadn't even looked at for, like, you know, almost two years at that point when I got the manuscript to look at the paper, that, um, that's now a published thing, and it's now going to be in the literature forever, so... I'm pretty I'm pretty happy to to say that I I made some impact, and um, the cool thing about that paper is that it was published on my 24th birthday, which is April 10. For those of you who mark their calendars, um, it was on April 10, which was also the day the black hole picture came out from the Event Horizon Telescope team. So uh, that was uh, an amazing birthday gift at six in the morning because I woke up really early just to watch the the live stream of the black hole picture unveiling by EHT and then to know that my paper got published. Well, not my paper, my, the, the paper that I'm co-authored on got published that day. And then I went to Disneyland and then I got my uh, new phone from the Apple store. So overall 24 was a great, great birthday. I have a feeling I have talked about this before. If I have, um, that I'm sorry, I'm just tired and just, didn't remember that I had talked about this before but if I hadn't then you know that my 24th birthday was amazing and then I don't really know what to do for the 25th birthday so gotta figure that out soon but yeah I mean this decade was just filled with so many different I don't know highlights and moments but also some you know I I, I generally have been talking about positive things but also some you know sad and, ne- and negative things um I've lost two dogs in this decade, unfortunately. We lost, well, they're my family's dogs, but we lost um, one just recently in uh, October of this year. Justine, our German Shepherd, rest in peace, girl. Um, had it, We got her in 2011, and we had her for eight years. And then that was actually shortly after our previous dog, uh, Tibetan Spaniel, passed away in 2011. So, or she lost two dogs in this decade. Um, now they're in doggy heaven though, and hopefully playing with each other and now they get to meet each other and just enjoy each other's company. Also, unfortunately lost my grandfather in 2016, uh, which was a very huge loss. Uh, and actually I lost my, I want to think, I think my, so that was, I was just mentioning my paternal grandfather, my maternal grandfather. I, I think he may have also passed away in 2010. I think he may have passed away in 2010 or I think it's 2010 because if it's 2020, that'll also 10 that would also be in the decade so yeah lost both my grandfathers in the decade um but you know i enjoyed their time i think it's it's important to realize that especially to to understand that you know some people don't ever get to meet their grandparents or get to spend that much time with them i'm really glad to have had my grandparents both my grandfathers uh, up until the age i was about 15 uh my maternal grandfather till I was 15 and my paternal grandfather till I was 22. So, you know, it's, um, it's a hard thing to lose a, to lose a, a family member like that. But the memories I have with them are irreplaceable and, um, they've taught me a lot. Both of them, they taught me so much about life, about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a good, just overall human being and a good family member to my family. And I'm forever grateful. So those are, um, those are just real things that have happened in the decade for me. I mean, I guess we got to be more, we got to be more real, more real, Kyle. Give on the more, give us more juicy stuff. Um, well, okay, I guess if, if you ask so. Um, I guess, I guess, 
I don't want to talk about it too much, but this this year was all, this decade also just saw me become an adult, right? Because I was 14 at the start of the decade. Now I'm 24, and um, I always thought that when I turned 18, I wouldn't really feel like an adult because 18, I'm still living with my parents, right? I hadn't even gone to college yet. I'm still in high school. Um, I thought to myself, well, okay, well, 18. Yeah, adult, quote-unquote, but not really. I thought really adulthood would come when I'm about 25, which is just around the door, and or around the door, it's right around the corner. I just, my brain's just going over the place. But, you know, it's, um, it's coming. And do I feel more like an adult? Relatively, I guess, yeah. But do I feel like an adult completely? No. <laughs> um, it's scary, I guess to think I'm an adult because I mean, yeah, I drive and yeah, I pay my own bills and yeah, I've signed a lease on a house twice. Um, and yeah, I'm at grad, I'm in grad school and I you know, do this research and stuff, but it's like, I feel like whenever you're in school, you, you, you perpetually feel very young and not as old as your age might suggest. So these are my thoughts as we enter 2020. I've been talking for a while now. It's going to be a very long episode, but I think you guys might appreciate it. I hope it's not been too all over the place. I know it's highly variable and we and we just you know go all over the place, or I go all over the place with these episodes, but I just want you guys to know that I really appreciate you watching the, 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 the videos and listening to the podcasts because... To be honest, I didn't think I'd want to do this before I started. I I was sort of hesitant to do this because I, I felt, oh, you know, who wants to listen to me talk? Who wants to just who wants to just listen to me babble or make videos on physics and math? I mean, you know, there's a bunch of people who do that already and do I real do I am I really going to add anything unique? But I think I've answered that question. I think the answer is yes, I do. I think I have not to brag, but I do think I have a rather unique personality and a, a unique way of teaching. And I think that it's nice to have my own website, my own YouTube channel, where I can be creative and make videos that you guys enjoy and I enjoy and benefit other people. Because ultimately, I want this channel to help people in any way as possible. I, I want it to be either through you know, making you laugh, making you smile, but also maybe teaching you a thing or two about physics and the world uh, we live around us, because I think physics is just, it's so beautiful. Physics and mathematics both, I think, are just very, very beautiful subjects that just describe the building blocks of our universe from the very big to, you know, the whole universe scale, right, where we have cosmological models that describe how the universe was born, how the universe may die, and, you know, going all the way to the very small where we're talking about like Planck length scales and fundamental particles and the interactions that govern them and you know giving us the standard model of physics standard model particle physics sorry and um you know it's just it's just amazing time I guess to be a student in physics and science in general because there's just so many discoveries just awaiting to be found by new scientists like yours truly of course but um in all honesty i am very stoked for the future there is so much to be discovered in science 
some people might think oh, all the easy stuff has been found, but there's still some pretty hard stuff out there that um, that needs to be answered. And I just look forward to playing a part in the discovery of those those uh, those things. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope I didn't make you too sentimental. You know, it's been it's kind of late, kind of late at night. So hopefully y'all can get a good night's sleep. And uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you again for watching. This is probably going to be the last podcast episode that I'm going to film in 2019. I'm going to try and upload this by the 1st. If I don't, it might look kind of funny. But regardless, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast so far. I hope you will continue to listen to the podcast and my YouTube channel. And without further ado, I will wish you all a good night, and I will see you guys later.